Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Look Sport Media Championship Podcast today with myself, Lewis, and I'm joined today again by Jay. How are you doing, pal? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad myself. Not too bad. Also joined by H for first uh, go on the podcast. How are you doing? All right. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff to get through today. Uh, of course, both of you know that the January transfer window well underway, but we'll get to transfers in a little while. We'll first be starting off with Tony Mowbray being confirmed as Birmingham boss. I feel like it was a, a fair bit of a shock to see him sack from Sunderland in the first place. Just how well do you think Birmingham have done to seal a signature, Jay? Do you think it's a bit of a coup for them, considering the place they are in, in, in the uh, league table? Well, yeah, I think, it's all, I think it's a good appointment. When we spoke about it last week, we did the three names we mentioned were Steve Cooper, Jesse Marsh and Tony Mowbray. Things with Mowbray's a bit of a journeyman, and he? he's been at Ipswich, Hibs, West Brom, Selwick, Middlesbrough, Coventry, Blackburn, and probably plenty more clubs. But um, I think, you know what, he wasn't, he did well at Sunderland, don't get me wrong, but my biggest worry comes with this Birmingham City squad. Uh I don't know if you know this about Mowbray, but defensively, he's he he he's not too fond on defending. He's more fond on let's outscore the opponent. And do I think Birmingham City have the squad to play that sort of football? No, I do not. So I don't know. But yeah, I think it's good to get him in the door and we'll see what he does from here. Yeah, certainly. And I feel like you'd agree, H, that the last couple of months have been just a catastrophic disaster for Birmingham to put it somewhat lightly, going yeah, from 6th to 20th, I believe. Do you believe that um, Mowbray's been brought in as a long-term replacement for Rooney, or do you think it's a bit of a stopgap to save the season? Because, of course, looking behind the shoulder now, there's the threat of relegation. Do you think it's just mm-hmm. to steady the ship and then they'll look at someone else 
in the near future, or is this a long-term one for To be honest, compared to Rooney's um, reign, it's going to be long-term because he didn't even have a... Um, he didn't have, I believe he didn't even have a transfer window to play with. So, I mean, at least Mowbray's guessing that. So, yeah, compared to Rooney, it really is going to be a long-term. But, I mean... He was at Sunderland for a couple of years, wasn't he? So, and he was involved in the promotion push. So, that suggests that they are fairly serious about the sort of person they want, even if they're obviously not going to get promoted this time. But they want to stay in the league or try. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I can say about it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it definitely is more of an optimistic. Mm-hmm. Manager to get in. Of course, he said, uh, G said Jesse Marsh was on that list. Um, there's an- another one you said as well. Yeah, Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper. I, suppose, I suppose Steve Cooper would have been the pick of the three, but to come away with Tony Mowbray, it's, it's not bad considering mm-hmm. just how much of a, dare I say, a shit tip <laughs> that Birmingham are <laughs> in right now. <sighs> yeah. I can, I can. That's the problem with Birmingham at the moment, I think. Like, and I've seen a lot of people say it as well. It's like, with the new owners coming in, obviously, Americans, think what you want about American owners in British football. But um, I I don't know. I'm kind of sitting on the fence for I think Mowbray's a long-term improvement. I think he's going to get given to the end of the season. And if he does a good job, they'll give him another season. Because I think they're going to chop and change till they get it right. And we've seen it with so many football clubs where it's... All right, you get say six months of the club, you haven't done well, off you go, new person in, trial, literally trial, wash him out, trial, wash him out. So I guess we'll see, but let's hope that Birmingham City put faith in him and give him the money because, yeah, he's an experienced manager at the end of the day, isn't he? So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the whole chopping and changing philosophy that sometimes comes about with the American owners and. Of course, that's happened so far uh, at Birmingham. Rooney's only given about two months or something. And he himself, he was very vocal about it on social media. He was unhappy with his sacking, suggesting that he should have been given a bit more time, maybe a full transfer window. But, of course, have brought him in the new man at the start of the January transfer window. Do you believe that was the correct call, H? Do you think it was best time to get a new manager in at the start of January so he can then bring in yeah, players that match I mean, his philosophy? I think so, because otherwise he has that, there's a bit of a break so he can use that to get them kind of on his track, kind of get them together. And also it means that he does have that crucial time to make his stamp on the team by bringing someone else in. I mean, it would have been even harder, I think, for the team and for him to come in just after a Rooney um, transfer window because there'd be no one that he specifically wanted and that would I mean managers like to make their mark somehow usually by bringing someone else in so I think that would have just made it a lot more difficult for everyone involved to have done it after the window. Yeah certainly I think it does make a lot more sense in general just to bring Tony Mowbray in to give him some time to put a stamp on the team during January and I feel like one team in particular that's um Showing their authority early on in the transfer window as Hull City, as I love to hear as the uh, Hull fan on the podcast. Of course, uh, news came out today that initially we were one of the teams chasing Fabio Carvalho and the owners now came out and said 
we only need to dot the I's and cross the T's and it's fully completed. He is basically a whole city player as of this time. And Jay, what a coup that could potentially be. Uh, Southampton and Leeds were initially interested as well. Would you say it's a bit of a surprise to see Hull as the club that um, Fabrico Valio has chosen out of M3? Um, yeah, based on probably just the name of the club, then that's no disrespect to Hull, of course, but the name of the club. But um, yeah, I think that, I think it's a cracking signing. I think, I was a bit surprised when I heard about it because I was like, Carvalho, he's just been at Leipzig. Obviously, he hasn't got the game time. Then he's going back to Liverpool. Like I thought there's going to be plenty of Premier League clubs sniffing around him. But I think it's a great signing for um a great sign of how obviously you've got new ownership. Uh, Rossini is the manager. My only problem, my, my only worry with Carvalho coming in though is, are you going to upset a few of your players? I had a look earlier and um, you've obviously got two fan, Philogene, Twine, Cynic, just a few players who do can play in that attacking role. So I don't know, I guess you're the best person to answer that. But do you think that there's any chance that he comes in and throws a spanner in the work for these players who I said last week the whole of my outside shout to get promoted this season and I think I could damn right be true so yeah I don't know that's that's my only worry with Carvalho coming in yeah I think I think it's one of them where you have to take into account we've got a fair few players there which are on the injury prone side of course Scott Twain was out for the majority of last season in a championship for Burnley I feel like he'd be on a whole other level, if he had an extra eight months of football in him, which he ended up missing out on. And Jaden Philogene's injured until the end of January, I believe. And as of yesterday, Liam Delap's now out for a small period of time. So I think it's more catering to the issues that we've got in terms of squad depth. And mm. you mentioned Cynic. I think he's going to be out of the door. But yeah, I think it's more about squad depth. And if we're maybe signed another two or three wingers or strikers etc I think it could potentially cause a bit of an upset but I think as things stand I think it's going to potentially be okay in terms of squad depth but um, staying on Hull of course I mentioned that uh, squad depth well I've, I've mentioned the word squad depth about 10 times so it's uh, fairly obvious but um, it's going to you how much of a serious threat you believe that Hull are for the playoffs now we're currently sitting seventh only one point off Sunderland. Of course, we've got big teams such as Southampton, Leeds, West Brom, Sunderland, uh, and Ipswich could potentially slip into the playoffs if they don't improve the form. Do you believe Hull could cause a bit of an upset and not only get into the playoffs, but also be successful in the playoffs? Given that they've got this far already, I think they have great potential to cause an upset. I mean, no one expects Hull City to come storming up the table. So, in theory. But, um, yeah, it looks like they're pretty much on track to either get in the playoffs or even push for automatic promotion if the team isn't, you know, if injuries and squad depth doesn't stop them. Because, I mean, they could just get exhausted by the end of the season and then be a bit stuffed. But uh, if, it's, if you get a good transfer window, then you know, then you've got a chance. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, only time will tell with that one. It's looking positive for the Tigers at the minute. But of course, one of the clubs that were initially in Fabio Carvalho, as I mentioned earlier on, 
or Leeds United, and there is the potential, Jay, that Somerville and or Nanto could be going out the exit door. Um, they've got uh, interest from the Prem and abroad. In the case of that, of course, they've lost out on car value by looks of things. Are there any other players that come to mind that would be a good uh, sign for them, particularly wide players? For for who, sorry? For Leeds. For Leeds. Uh, oh, in replace of uh, Somerville or Nanto, potentially, if they move on. Wide players. Um, I don't know. I think the best thing for Leeds at the moment is um, maybe looking at the bottom end of the bottom end of the Premier League. Maybe, maybe looking, seeing if they can. I don't know. No, no names really. Uh, Come to oh well, Jack Clark comes to mind, but are Sunderland going to sell to Leeds? Will he go back mm-hmm. to Leeds? Uh, I don't know, but um, I I think Leeds are more than more than capable of going and getting a Premier League winger. I I, I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head, but I think the best thing for Leeds if they want to go up this season is they have to they need to stop. Don't even bother digging into League One. Don't bother getting anyone. Go for the Premier League. Grab a few players out there and they should be sound. Yeah, certainly that would be a decent transfer strategy for them. But we'll move on from ingoings for Leeds. One outgoing that's been confirmed over the past couple of days. Jed Spence going out the door. He was initially on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. But HDM, the loan got terminated. Uh, first thing... Why? Was it a question over his attitude, do you believe? Or is it the lack of game time? Like, What, what do you think the reasons are behind uh, his uh, loan being terminated? I hope it's because of lack of game time. Because, I mean, they, they obviously there's no point in any team loaning someone out to not be played, because that's his whole point of it. So, I mean, I hope you'd, you'd not... Yeah, sorry. Um yeah, because um, I mean, I think a lot of teams, a lot of the Premier League teams, especially, are recalling as many loans as possible if they haven't played. So I think he's just Leeds just kind of got unlucky there that he's caught back. Yeah, and um, if it is, if there is the potential that it is, you know, attitude based, mm-hmm. Jay, that he has been sent back. Of course, we're we've seen it that he got barely any game time at Tottenham. He had a mm. fallen out over with uh, Neil Warnock, which is fairly well documented over the internet, I believe. He's got that photo of him and the cigar and the trophy, I believe. Um, but yeah, if uh, if his attitude is playing up again, <laughs> does he go to another championship club? Do you believe another championship club would perhaps, dare I say, take a risk? I don't know if it's taking a risk, because of course we saw the quality he had for Forrest, mm. but ever since that, it's just all went wrong for him. Do you think there is a championship club that would take him up? I can imagine it depends. Um, I mean, ten... Sorry, Neil Warnock isn't exactly no. known for being easy to get along with. I think so. No. Maybe it's just a personality clash, and it's this time it's not actually. It is to do with game time. Let's hope, but hopefully someone kind of gets him, and which means he'll get his game time as well. Do you believe he'll be able to get a club, Jay? Uh, I don't know. I think the problem is when he moved to Tottenham. I think that really messed up his career obviously um 
I think that is he a Premier player? No, but I think there's still that fairy tale story there with Forrest. You know what I mean? New manager under Nuno. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's at the end of the day, yeah, he's got an attitude problem. We all know that. We've all seen that. But put him Leeds United. Leeds Leeds are renowned for having players who have that sort of problem. Obviously, you've got Nonto there as well, who throws his toys out the pram every week because he doesn't get his Premier League move. But yeah, there, I think there's plenty of clubs in the Championship that are crying out for full-backs. So yeah, I think maybe stay in the Championship for him. Try to get a permanent move. Yeah, cause you mentioned uh, Nonto there and also Somerville. Both could be out of the door. How difficult do you believe it could possibly be for Leeds to keep hold of these two? Do you think there's only going to be one story by uh, by the time it hits uh, February 1st? Do you think they're guaranteed to be out the door? Or do you think Leeds have that? I don't know if it's called pulling power because you use that when they're trying to transfer players in age. But I don't know. Do, do they have the power to keep hold of two players which are undoubtedly European or Premier League talents to stay for another at least six months in the Championship? I think it depends how much they can persuade them. If they've got, if they can say, well, look, our facilities are better, our coaching staff are better, you're getting, you know, better attention here. So even if you get like not as many minutes, you're still getting high quality coaching that you might possibly not get at your home club. But then also because he's from Spurs, I mean, he wouldn't be getting anything that he probably couldn't get at Spurs. So. For, for example, for um, Jed Spence, but it depends on their home club and I think on the culture at the club as well, whether they their kind of club culture clicks with play themselves so they can keep them. But if not, then they're off. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, coming to you, Jay, of course, um, Somerville and Nanto, if they are to go, they're not going to go for cheap. Just uh, what sort of feed, if it believe both these players will conjure up and do you think it'll be enough for Leeds to completely transform the squad and maybe get in some big money moves in this January window? Yeah, 100%. Um, Somerville himself, I uh, had a little uh, look at what, how, what Somerville's done this season. 21 starts this season, 12 goals. And it's, I think Somerville easily 40 million. If you look at players that, or in the Championship at the moment, I don't think there's a player better than Somerville in the Championship at the moment. I know you've got a few of the Leicester boys up there. Maybe you could throw, like, Mavadidi in there. But I don't think there's a player better than Somerville at the moment. 40 million for him. Nonto, bit of a different one. He, obviously, he hasn't been playing much, has he? He's only really come into the team recently. Maybe you get 10, 15 million and... In the championship, fifty-five million to have in your back pocket isn't too bad, and there's definitely serious quality they can get in. Yeah, do you believe? Um, of course, there's a big, substantial difference between them two figures. Forty coming in for Somerville, whereas just ten, fifteen for Willie Nonto. Do you believe that's due to the issues that um, Nonto had in the summer? Of course, he was trying to force away that move, whereas Somerville, I believe, was a bit more content in. Staying one more season with Leeds and getting them back up to the top tier. Do you believe that sort of that for history with the club for Nanto will impact his price, Jay? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Somerville, um, he's just 
he's just unbelievable. Like watching Somerville players, you can just tell if you're a Leeds fan, you're going to be in awe of him. Absolutely love him. But yeah, like you said, Nonto, Nonto had so much. Obviously, in the back end of the Premier League season last season, where they, unfortunately for Leeds fans, fortunately for the rest of English football, they got relegated. But um, they, he he was unbelievable with class. Everyone was talking about, oh, Nonto, he's going to keep keep him up. But you just the fact he's thrown his toys out of the pram, it's um, and he's and this is the thing I don't understand. He's crying out for Everton, right? We all knew Everton was where he wanted to go, the club he's crying out for, and he's crying out for a. You don't hear move. often, do you? You don't hear often someone call out for Everton, but yeah, exactly. You know, but that's that's <laughs> that's my point. My point exactly that he's crying out for a Premier League move, and now he's not getting the game time at Leeds that he needs to because there's they've got Dan James, Somerville, Pirot, who are 50 times better at the moment. And now it looks like if he's going to get his Premier League move, he's going to get one, but it won't be until the summer, potentially. Or if he gets one in January, we'll go for a cut fee price and he won't, get, he won't go to a club like he could have gone to last season. But yeah, I think you're completely right, mate, that his attitude around the club has not only like offended Leeds fans but it's I think it's cost him a big big move that he could have got if he would have kept quiet yeah certainly and um, as you mentioned there Willie Nonto someone who is struggling a little bit to get back into that starting 11 another player back in the Premier League who's struggling to get into the Bournemouth side is Kiefer Moore of course uh, Dominic Solanke has been in Absolutely terrific form this season. Therefore, <clears throat> Kiefer Moore, who was instrumental in them getting promoted a few years back from the Championship, is now available for loan or potentially transfer. And there's a couple of teams in there. Uh, Leeds, as we've just um, been talking about, but also Sunderland. And I'll come to you first, H. Sunderland really do feel like they're struggling with a lack of a good quality number nine. I mean, we've seen in some of the games, they've put Joe Bellingham in that striker position. Of course, we know how good he is. He'll be getting a Premier League move at some point or another. But I, I believe we've only had one goal so far this season from an outright number nine striker. Do you believe that Kiefer Moore will be the answer to their problems? Of course, he's got a good track record in the Championship. Yeah, I mean, he could be a... I mean, they've got currently still got still got Jack Clark, who is also giving them goals. But I think he's been more of a midfielder than striker uh yeah i think Kiefer Moore could i mean if they if it fits with their um financial situation then worth trying really if he's not especially if he's not getting his time at Bournemouth now yeah certainly not and of course you mentioned there Jack Clark of course he's firing goals in mm-hmm. he's again he's going to be weighing up some Premier League interest but I'll come to you Jay um of course, Sunderland are sixth in the league as well. It's pivotal that they get the January January transfer dealings done and done quickly. But <clears throat> is having just a one goal outlet quite detrimental? Is it sustainable for them to be in the top six if they have to solely rely on Jack Clark? Of course, Blackburn have got Sammy Smollett he's top scorer in the league, but they're seventeenth in the championship. So, do you believe that it's crucial that Sunderland get in a striker who they can rely on? to be uh, prolific in the championship. Uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right, mate. <coughs> I look at it, I look at it one of two ways. If you have a if you look at all the promoted teams over the years, you look at 
Norwich, for example, who I know they went up automatically. They had Timo Puku scored 20 plus goals. Mitrovic for Fulham scored 20 plus goals. We had um, Ivan Tony scored 32 goals in the league. So you need, you either need a big player to come in and score you 20 goals, 25 goals, or you need a few players to contribute, score 10, 12 goals each. And I was looking at Kiefer Moore's career, and I think Kiefer Moore was. I think Kiefer Moore's best days came at Wigan. I'm not going to lie. He, uh, <laughs> I think he was. I think he was unbelievable. Even though that Wigan side, and we all know that Wigan side were probably one of the worst sides we've ever seen in the Championship, but I think they he was absolutely unbelievable for them. But my problem is, like you just said, is if you get Kiefer Moore in, you need another one or more, two more strikers. You need us. We talked about last week potentially Stansfield coming in. Obviously, now we don't know what's going to happen. Now Mowbray's come into Birmingham. Can he convince him to stay? But I don't think more is the sole answer at all for. Um, for some. Do you believe that he could be a good, maybe a backup? Do you think he come on for the last twenty minutes, seventieth minute? He comes on, and if he had like some Jay Stansfields. As well, do you believe that would be sufficient additions for January transfer window of Sunderland if they managed to get them two in? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, I'll go to you. Yeah, I think so. Um, but then it's all about who they're going to get in, who you're going to bring in to play 70 minutes week in, week out that will score you goals. Um, yeah, in, in that situation you're talking about, yeah, I think he's perfect. And there are certain <laughs> games where it will be a, where it will be a dogfight, and you will have to start Kiefer Moore just to try and rough up the centre halves. But I think for Sunderland, it's all about getting that other striker in. If they can get Kiefer Moore in, happy days. But Kiefer Moore's not going to do it all himself. So get mm-hmm. Kiefer Moore in, get another striker in, keep rotating, and then yeah, who knows? We might see Sunderland in the Premier League again. Yeah, certainly. And uh, sticking with Sunderland, of course, they had the massive clash, the Titan Wheel, Weir Titan Derby, whatever you want to call it. Newcastle fans call it Titan Weir. We'll call it the Weir Titan just for the sake of it. Um, <laughs> and uh, H, coming to you, you wanted to um, highlight Anthony Patterson's, um, uh, Anthony Patterson's um, game, which I imagine has been a lot better than the striking. Um, the strikers for Sunderland that we've been talking about previously. He had a bit of a belt, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't. He coped fairly well, actually, with the Premier League attack. Um, I mean, two of the goals, to be fair, not necessarily his fault. I mean, the first one was an own goal. And, uh, I mean, he's tracked the ball absolutely fine. But if it hadn't been deflected, he might quite possibly would have saved it. Um and obviously, unfortunately, the second goal was just, I mean, that was between all Equa's strange giving away of the yeah. ball to Almiron. And then, but then Patterson goes in one to one with Almiron. And Almiron's just like, yeah, whatever, passes it. And because he's, because he's tempted Patterson out so far. His dive just is, is useless. It gets chipped right over him because he's so far out. So, but that's you know you will get outplayed by a Premier League team eventually. But that's the only one where it's 
you know, he's done, he's been kind of outfoxed, obviously, with a penalty. He's only got 30% chance or something of saving it or it being missed. So that's not yeah, really on him. I mean, I noticed one thing I noticed when he was uh, preparing to save the penalty or try and save the penalty, he had his back foot behind the line to give him a little bit of extra push forward so that he could react sooner but still be able to change direction um but i think i mean he did have a very nice at one point he did quite early on he had a very nice reaction say from a dan burn header so as it comes in to the box dan burn does dan burn things but he his reactions were right on that and he caught it well he didn't not count it but he pushed it out and then even it was into his defenders, but and then it was still live, so he was still chasing. He didn't go, oh yeah, he didn't just give up and go, oh defenders have got it, that's fine. He, he kept going towards it. So he's he's got, you know, he's to be fair, he does play. He is at least in the squad for England under twenty ones currently. Oh, he's had a couple of call ups. He's not a regular. I don't think he's been as regular as some of the others have been in that age group for the goalkeepers. But uh, yeah, he's recent since last season's. Uh, since last season, he's been a regular in the squad at least, which is something because, of course, Sun's a bit of a goalkeeper farm, as we know from England. Yeah, certainly. And of course, talking about the Southern Newcastle game, I feel like we're almost obliged to talk about the uh, the Sunderland bar in the dugout, oh, yes. which was repainted <laughs> oh, goodness, yes. in, the, in the Newcastle colours. Uh, replacing Howie the lads with Howie the lads. That was very funny. It's absolutely crossing out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's absolutely bizarre. It, it's like imagine going into your into your neighbor's house and your family portraits are. It's 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 absolutely strange. I mean, I feel I, I know what you're going to say, Jay, as your answer, but I don't even know. Like, what were we even thinking? I don't feel like you can even conjure up where why the fault this is going to be a good idea. It's just bizarre, isn't it? I, honestly, I I do not know at all. I do not know. Um, I think I'm not gonna lie to you, mate. I think that was in the back of the. They're gonna come out and they're gonna say it wasn't, but I think them Sunderland fans and them Sunderland players, it was that was living rent free in the back of their head the whole time. But I think it's. I know you you know what the owners are trying to do. They're trying to butter up the fans, be accommodating to the Newcastle fans, but they, I don't think they understood the severity of this derby. Like it, it tears family apart. So I think personally, apart from the old firm, it's probably one of the fiercest rivalries in the U, in the UK. So yeah, I think I think it was one 0 Newcastle before the game even started because they that is a catastrophic error they've made, and I don't think they're ever going to be able to come back from that. Yeah, and uh, H, am I right saying you're are you a Plymouth fan? Are you? Yes, yes. Uh, so, say you went to Home Park. Uh, you mm. fancy you fancy you fancy a pint, uh, dark fruits, whatever. I don't I don't know what you drink. You go up there, and then you see Exeter City merch all across the wall. <laughs> surely, surely you'd be up at arms. Surely, you'd yeah, be it's just it's just stuff. I mean, someone somewhere did not think it through. And I guess it's just supply chains and people who aren't involved in the right level, I guess. I mean, to be fair, the build-up to the game was more entertaining in the end than the actual game. 
the whole drama from yeah both so, yeah fans. yeah so social media was quite a place i feel like um on the eve of that game, it's just non-stop. Uh, a lot of the stuff we probably wouldn't be able to mention. We'll probably be going on for <laughs> way too long, but uh, we'll get back to the championship. Um, but first, we'll get to like, a little ad break, and then we'll be talking about uh, Scottish striker. That's tuning up a little bit of championship interest. Welcome. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Back to the Look Sports Media Championship podcast. We'll be diving straight back in with uh, another strike at two in championship interest from the likes of Borough and Southampton, and that is Hearts bagsman Lawrence Shankland. Uh, and there's no doubt that he can do it in the Scottish Premiership, Jay. But do you believe he'll be able to keep up that level in the Championship? Of course, it's a fairly big step up from the top tier in Scotland. I'll come to you, H. What, what are your thoughts <laughs> on uh, on Lawrence Shankland? Uh, do you believe it'll be a big step up for him? I mean, to be fair, I don't want to be rude about Scottish football because I know that will get me into trouble. But it's possible that championship level and Scottish premiership level are more similar than some people would like to admit. So if he's doing well in the Scottish Premier League, Premiership, then he probably has a chance in the English Championship. And it's likely that the wages are higher, which might be an incentive for him. And he might want to change his scene, although that's probably the least likely reason for him to move. But yeah, I think... Well, yeah, I think changing your scene going to Sutherland isn't exactly... No, it's not exactly it's paradise, is it? seaside, at least. Yeah, but, um, uh, to an extent, yeah. Yeah. South Hill's uh, a lovely place, yeah. yeah. Um... But I hope for, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, again, they're looking for a striker, an outright striker, and if he's on the list. And I mean, again, if it's not actually so far from, I mean, I know a lot of players that actually live very close to the clubs they play for. So it's not like distance is an issue, really. So who knows? I mean, he might be tempted. No, yeah, he, certainly. Yeah. He, it's not like he'd go from being a big fish in a small pond to a, yeah, a small fish in a big pond, he'd still be that big fish, I think. Yeah, uh, welcome back, Jay. Nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay, pal. Uh, we're just talking about uh, Lauren Shankland, um, to a bit of uh, interest. Do you believe that, um, it's a big step up, uh, Scottish Premiership to the Championship, or do you believe that's something that you'll be able to do? 
I think he's a born goal scorer, mate. I don't think the championship will be a big problem for him. He scored 13 goals this season already, 21 starts. So the guy proved he can score goals, and he's I think he's 28 as well. So he's still got he's got time on his side. But I don't know. I think if he goes to one of these big clubs as well, he'll be right within it. And I think if he does go to a team like Southampton at the top of the table. Confirm Premier League now, put him in there for next season, and yeah, we'll see what he can do in the Premier League. Yeah, of course, we're, we're talking about um, two championship clubs here, uh, Borough and Southampton. Of course, we mentioned before, Sunderland after a striker. Do you believe that this would be a better option uh, as opposed to Kiefer Moore? Go to you, Jay. Yeah, I do. If I'm honest with you, I think he's got a bit more to him. He can play the hold-up game, and he can play the he can play to his feet, and he can even play off the shoulder, which I think is perfect for a team like Sunderland. I think these sort of players, though, they're the, they're not going to be cheap. And do Sunderland have the money to go splash the cash on Lawrence Shankland that Southampton and like you mentioned, Borough might have? I don't know, um, but if I can see him going anywhere, it's Southampton for me, mate. Yeah, that would uh, make sense. Southampton also looking out for a striker. Uh, but we'll move from the top of the league right to down to the near the bottom. And uh, H, we'll start with you uh, as the Plymouth Argyle fan. You mentioned that Southampton are looking for a striker. Mm-hmm. I feel like Plymouth needs changes all across the board at the minute. I mean, it's yeah. just a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Yes. I mean, first you lose your manager and then lose your star, Looney's, Finazars and Luke Kundal. Yeah. How much of a threat is relegation to them at this stage, do you believe? Because, of course, a few weeks ago, everything was quite optimistic. It's 18th in the league, but all of a sudden, you see the likes of Sheffield Wednesday improving. And I'll say that, yeah. And Rotherham getting a few results as well. Do you believe there is a bit of a threat of relegation there, now all these outgoings are taking place? I I feel like not. I feel like we're going to be... We'll... We'll stay in maybe by the skin of our teeth, but we'll be staying somewhere, you know, 16th, 15th, where we've been all season, really. Um, I mean, it is, yeah, I, I don't like the fact that um, two of our top four goal scorers have gone and a third is rumoured to have be, have interest in the Premier League. I mean, that there's no proof in those rumours yet, but, you know, just the fact that people are talking about it and linking the Premier League team rather than you know another championship team is just i mean it's good because the numbers people are saying are like 10 times what we've ever paid for a, a, a player so I, I don't know how much of that if it did happen we'd get but there's great for, for, for argyle that's crazy numbers 12 million 10 to 12 million like our most expensive players have been 1 million ever and that yeah, was, of course. That was yeah. business, uh, not business. Um, Morgan Whitaker. This is the sorry, I shouldn't actually say who else is referring to. Morgan <laughs> Whitaker has been. Yeah. Some, I mean, just the fact that people are saying that because they, you know, because he scored thirteen of our goals, league goals, out of uh, uh, forty-three, we've scored. So, and then Luke Kundal scored five of those, and he's been recalled back to Wolves, unfortunately, for us. <laughs> Which is odd because he's not not been getting minutes. I think, poss- I mean, there's been talk of Stoke uh, taking him to uh, taking him on loan 
along with taking on manager. So, <laughs> yeah, of course, it all started with uh, Schumacher mm. leaving. Yeah. Do you believe it yeah. was a bit of a a bit of a butterfly effect that at first Schumacher was gone, and then the rest of it starting to crumble? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think behind the scenes it's stable enough because we've got um, uh, Nancy Kiel and we've got Neil Dusenup as head director of football, and he's, I mean between the backroom team seem very stable they're very good very canny with their um, transfers as we've seen from the last couple of transfer windows so I think with that stabilizing presence that should put us in good stead even though we've changed personnel um like in the dugout somewhat um so I mean we've okay we've lost Finazis. <coughs> He's been recalled back to Villa and he scored seven of our goals so far. So, uh, yeah, that's not great, losing two strikers. And so far, we've only brought one person in. Um, Ashley Phillips on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. But unfortunately, he's a defender. <laughs> I think this may have been planned previous. He's also um, captain of the under-19, so that means he's worked with our new manager, Ian Foster. Before, because he's he's very much in the in, was very much his experience in the England setup. Yeah, of course. We'll uh, we'll move on to Ian Foster now, where uh, former England under twenty boss coming into the helm to replace Schumacher. I'll come to you, Jay. Looking at his um, past roles, his last club management role where he was the main manager was Dundalk, and yeah. uh, he just came off, off the back of a spell as the assistant at. El Etifak with Steven Gerrard. I mean, just looking on paper, of course, I don't know the bloke personally, uh, but looking at that, it doesn't massively spell optimism in my eyes. Not at all. Um, do I think Plymouth are in trouble? Yes. Um, and like you said, I was just about to bring up the Dundalk part as well. And uh, that was 13. That was 13 years ago. 12, about 12 and a half years ago and even then he went negative uh, he lost more games than he won so I don't know could it be good to bring young he might be enticing young English players to Plymouth yeah we know we know we always knew that Plymouth were gonna it would be Plymouth are quite like us in the respect that they're getting young players in and if they can get a fee then they're gone but I don't know. He's, although he's been, although he may have been linked to other jobs in the past, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was a good choice from Plymouth. And especially coming from Saudi Arabia, where Steven Gerrard's out there and absolutely stinking up the place, then I don't know. I, but yeah, I do. I really worry for Plymouth now. I really do worry for him. Yeah, um, coming to you, H. Do you um, echo Jay's thoughts? Of course, he's seen his appointment mm. and thought, "Dear God, it's all gone down the pan. All of uh, Schumacher's work is yeah. just going to come back at itself, and we're going to be in a real relegation keep now." Do you believe that is the case, or are you looking at this appointment a little bit more optimistically as a Plymouth fan? Yeah, I'm definitely optimistic. Um, I think, I mean, let's not forget he did win the uh, under-20s Euros last summer with his 
and he's worked with this team all the way up from like under 17s and so and he's got experience with um, senior England players as well. well senior England players he's he was the assistant manager for um Phil Neville for the Lionesses as well at some point um so he's got plenty of experience he's got his UEFA pro license which got to count for something right <laughs> I mean Will still doesn't have one but you know yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah I think I mean um yeah he, I mean to be fair she Stephen Schumacher he was only ever an assistant manager until um Ryan Lowe left and he defined so I don't think that he's not had many games as a full head coach kind of role is really an issue he's been in the game he's he's obviously a good people person he's got the connections with Neil Jusnip who's also involved or he's involved was involved in the England setup as well so I think Snip no, I mean, like I said, backroom kind of they seem to know what they're doing, they seem to be fairly canny with all those decisions, even if it's even if we're being un uber unlucky at the moment. I think that's things they can't control, as things they can control, we, we can create our own luck from them. Um, but I think, I mean, possibly he was the only thing keeping El as he had together, seeing as apparently there's news of Jordan Henderson wanting to come home now because he doesn't like it there. No. <laughs> we could have told you yeah. that Jordan but you know <laughs> um, yeah I yeah. think all, all the media outrage when that happened I think he could have taken that uh, as a bit of an idea but yeah. apparently not and also it's just not very you know interesting place to live because he can't go anywhere he can't do anything the only place to go is going to be like shopping mall like, yeah, I, don't, I mean there might be a beach but that's about it yeah I mean, I mean at least he's got all that money but yeah it's, it's, it's a bit pointless isn't it yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I'm I'm moderately optimistic with this uh, appointment. I've got to say. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not as worried about it as I was when um, uh, Ryan Lowe left for Preston, because Schumacher, although Schumacher was his assistant, he you know was more of an unknown quantity in some ways. But it worked out, so there's no reason why this can't work out. Um, the only thing I have noticed is I know that, um, what's it, uh, sorry, uh, Schumacher took Darren Bissett, the goalkeeper coach, with him. So currently the academy coach, who has also been, I think, interim first team goalkeeper coach before, is now, is currently the goalkeeper coach. But I don't know whether this means that we're going to get someone else in, if there's someone that um, Ian Foster prefers to work with, someone he knows through his England connections. I mean... You know, I do know that Swansea have changed managers yet again, and the Swansea goalkeeper coach is also the England senior coach, and he's allowed to do two things at once apparently. So you know, Plymouth isn't that far if he needs to, if he wants to drive home to Swansea uh, midweek to see his family. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we'll go on to uh, Luke Williams in a little bit, but sticking with uh, Plymouth. Jay, I feel like in this uh, scenario, you're just being devil's advocate. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything it says is very highly positive, very optimistic. And then Jay just falls back on it and says, no, it's all going to go absolutely to pot. And one way is arguably at the minute is in the January transfer window. Of course, these loans that they did get in that were highly successful as well. Um, they're gone now, <laughs> basically. Mm. Uh, long, long story short. And now suggestions which should should be taken with a pinch of salt that Morgan Whitaker 
could potentially be out the door as well. If this was the case, would that just be the final nail in the coffin, do you believe? Or do you believe he'll be able to use that money to get in a fair bit of talent? And will he have the pulling power to attract the sort of players that will get him up to the higher edges of the league? Um, I don't... I think that, yeah, they're a championship club at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Plymouth are oh, that team that... We all know Plymouth have ambition. Plymouth, and they did very well last season to get promoted. I think the main thing that Plymouth need to do now is they need to start building for next season. I, obviously, I know. I think I worry for them, but after hearing Nate speak, yeah, maybe she's convinced me a little bit that they will be safe, right? So if that's the case, then a few signings through the window, in the window, maybe grab a few of the top boys from League One. Obviously, we saw Clark Harris went to Charlton, or is going to Charlton. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed yet, but. That would have been a perfect sign for Plymouth. So I think go into the window, get a few players from the upper end of League One, maybe grab a few of the fringe players from the top of the championship and start building for next season because they got a chance. Everyone's got a fighting chance at the end of the day. My biggest worry for them was a team like Sheffield Wednesday and obviously Huddersfield were poor the other day against Man City, but he was not poor against Man City. They're going to start kicking soon. Even QPR, as much as I hate to say it, they're going to start kicking <laughs> soon, and I think that I think that Plymouth could be one of them teams that could get dragged into it. But if all plans out well, then we shall see at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, Jay, I agree with you a little bit. I mean, after hearing Ape speak, uh, Ape speak, I feel like Plymouth are sort of going to go on a, a, pl- a playoff run or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sound like they're, they're going for the Premier League or something. So yeah. Um, yeah, moving on from Plymouth, we'll uh, go on to Swansea, who you mentioned, Itch, have uh, got a new manager in, Luke Williams, coming in after a fairly successful period at Notts County. I feel like everyone would agree there. Of course, he brought him up to the EFL after a fair few years in the National League. Do you believe um, that jump from League 2 to the Championship could be a bit of a hindrance for Williams, or is he fully capable of managing at this level? We'll go to you, Itch. Um, I think... It could be quite challenging just because he's only just got promoted from that National League as well. And it's a long way. It really is. I mean, just everything is going to be so much... There's going to be so much more pressure. I mean, obviously there's pressure at any place on the table, but there's more money involved, so inevitably there's more pressure. And if Swansea want to actually like push for something other than just staying in the league then he's going to have a lot of work on his hands under it and yeah a lot more pressure yeah do you do you um echo h's thoughts jay do you believe that uh it might be a bit too much of a step up or do you believe he's shown enough in his tenure at Notts county to be successful at this uh at this level no i've I think that I think he's a good manager. I think he's been he was in charge of one of the best national league sides we've ever seen. Obviously, unlucky that it had to be Wrexham there as well. That they both did un, like unthinkable things in that league. But I think he's a good manager. I saw a tweet the other day of um, 
he had his first game, didn't he, in the FA Cup, and they won. Mm-hmm. And the Swansea fans said that even after his first game, they can see it's nice to see someone around the club's got a bit of passion about him. And I think, yeah, you know what? He's young at the end of the day. He's got new ideas. And if he can, I don't know, try and convince maybe McCauley Langstaff to make the switch to South Wales, then you never know. But I think he'll do well. And I think he's got a very bright managerial career ahead of him. Yeah, of course, McCauley Langstaff's one of the players who, I know this is probably more for a League Two chart. So we'll get let them do it behind depth, but... He's probably a player who's going to be available for between one and three million pounds. Do you believe that's a sort of signing that the Swansea could make this January transfer window? And do you believe that would be beneficial for them, getting in one of uh, the players that Luke Williams is so used to managing and managing to perfection as well? Of course, he scored what thirty odd goals in National League. He's now top scorer in League Two as well, I believe. Do you believe that's someone who would be perfect uh, as a main striker at Swansea? Yeah, I really do. I think, yeah, I think that, um, I think that there's a lot of players that are in and around that league that can do a lot of business in the championship. Obviously, like you said, that's down to the League Two podcast and maybe more and more of a chat about that. But yeah, I feel like someone like McCauley Langstaff touched on him quickly. He's quick. He can finish. He can play as a nine, as a 10. He can even play out wide. So I think he's a great, if if they could get him through the door potentially, it's a great signing. But I think that's what I think. If he's going to succeed the most, he needs to stick to what he knows. I don't think he should. Obviously, Swansea going to have a bit of money. Don't go looking. Obviously, look at the Premier League. Look at a few players you can get. But if there's a few gems in that league too, or a few gems in the National League, then Swansea have got their man. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think he'll do well, and I think a signing like Langstaff would be perfect for them. Yeah, that would be uh, an interesting signing to say the least. Uh, last but not certainly not least, uh, another interesting signing: Blackburn captain Lewis Travis joining Ipswich on loan for the remainder of the season. I'll start with you, H. Have you have you ever heard anything like it? Uh, a captain for a club going to another side in the same league on loan for the rest of the season. I mean, what do you believe the thinking is behind this one? <laughs> I think they. Must have tempted him or something. I mean, I guess he's going to be. Is he going to be captain there? We don't. Do we know? Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't think so. I think there's yeah. maybe it could potentially be to do with uh, wages or yeah. I'm not too sure. Maybe he's not getting a, a look in at Blackburn. I'm not too sure. It's but yeah, it's very strange to ship off your captain in January. It does. It sounds like there might be something wrong. <laughs> within the whole setup at the club if they're getting rid of their captain. Yeah, certainly. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but I think um, it was suggested that uh, John Dal Thomason, the Blackburn manager, was suggesting that in the summer, I think he wanted a way out of Blackburn. He wanted to move on to pastures new, of course, that didn't come into fruition. But a chance has came up in January to let him go. And despite him being the club captain, he has been. Do you believe that's uh, a case of John L. Thompson only wanting players in and around the dressing room that are going to be in there for the long run, the long term? Or do you believe it could be something else? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's one of them ones for me whereby I think that your captain 
if we all know that if you don't want a player at a club, that if a player doesn't want to be at the club, then it's not a good sign anyway. And when it's your captain doing it, the person who's meant to be a leader on the pitch, be a leader in the dressing room, then I think it creates even more problems. And I don't know, maybe he's wanting, he, maybe Travis was thinking, I'm a better player than this. I want to step up a level. So he's gone to Ipswich. And Blackburn are thinking, yeah, he's our captain, but he's got a nasty side about him or he's got a, he's not really in it because as much as, like you said, um, they got the top scorer in the league. They're they're not doing that well this season. So, yeah, I think if someone doesn't want to be at the club, especially a club captain, just let him go. And I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll be fine about him. Yeah, it it definitely is an interesting one. But I feel like, despite him being a club captain, if he is um, being a bit of dead wood and he, he he's solely there just to wait for his next move just using it as a stepping stone club i feel like it is in the in the interest of all parties just to let him go which i suppose makes sense in the end of the day doesn't it but yeah um anyways i think that's a, a yeah. good note to end things <laughs> on uh thank you for listening to this week's look sports media championship podcast uh, make sure to check out all the socials twitter x no idea what's called anymore instagram as well we're, we're very active on TikTok. Make sure you go and check that out. Um, as well as all the League One, League Two and National League podcasts that will be released on the same day as this one. But for now, we'll see you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.